Everyone has a story. Everyone starts somewhere. Let's go back to the beginning. Each week, we'll chat with local professionals and hear about the goals and plans they had in high school and then connect the dots to the present day. This is personal. This is all about connections. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome back to this episode of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, and we have with us in the WKHS studio a local celebrity. We have Assistant Principal Aaron Pretlow. Welcome to the WKHS studio. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here today. Um, So can you tell us, let's start here. Let's start with right now. Tell us a little bit about the role of an assistant principal. Like what is, what is in your day to day? I'm sure no days are alike. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he's laughing. (laughs) I'm sure no two days are alike. Maybe, maybe they're all the same. No, no, never, never the same. Never the same. So what, what is part of the, the role of an assistant principal at, at, King County High School? Uh, In a nutshell, it's making sure everybody has what they need, they're where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to do. Um, Just communicating that throughout the day. Yeah. Um, Just being that that facilitator. Yeah. How, so um, remind me, how long have you been at King County High School? This is my third year. Third year. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I love to do on this show is sort of take a professional journey with our guests. Are you ready for this? I guess so. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> where uh, before before King County High School, well, let's let's go let's go way back. Let's go back to high school. Okay. In high school, were you thinking, I'm gonna be an assistant principal in a high school? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, what were we thinking about in high school? I'm from Chesapeake, Virginia, which is right beside Norfolk and Virginia Beach. So in high school, I wanted to be a hotel manager. Ooh. I wanted to run a hotel in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Live on the penthouse floor, jump out of bed, take the elevator down, and be at work. Yeah. That was my dream job. I love that. Was there a, a particular hotel that caught your eye, or you were like, I will go anywhere? No, just one that had a nice penthouse level. Yeah. Right on the right on the beach and I could look out every morning and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So in your mind, what did you have to do to get there? I go to college, major in hotel management or business management and move forward from there. Yeah. So what happened? I did the college part of it. Yeah. Uh, Majored in business management. But Morgan did not have hotel management at the time. So. Right. When the business management and then kind of shifted, everything shifted into retail management. So after college, I went into retail management for a couple of years. Okay. How was that? It was taxing. Yeah. Uh, I had, I was at Rite Aid at the time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so I had a minimum of 50-hour w- work weeks. So I had six days and 50 hours plus every week. So I did that wow. for three years. Wow. And yeah. That just took its toll and I decided to go in a different direction. Yeah. Where did you go after that? I worked at my fraternity headquarters in Baltimore. Okay. And I did that for three years and it seemed like I had a, oh, a three th- years. A, a three year meter. I was someplace for three years, went someplace else for three years and then I went into teaching. Okay. What'd you teach? Uh business. Business. Yeah. Yeah. So I accidentally fell on that job because I went to the uh, headquarters in Baltimore to pick up a substitute application for a friend of mine, 
And Uh-oh. the person that opened the door for me, I had my son in the stroller and I couldn't get through the revolving door with the stroller. I'm trying to figure out how to get inside and not leave it out because I knew the stroller wasn't going to be there when I got back Yeah, in uh, downtown Baltimore. So the person that opened the door, Dr. Uh, Bernard Barnes, um, he opened it, literally opened the door to education for me. Yeah. I oh, wow. went That's... inside and he uh, asked me why I was there. I told him. He asked me what was I doing, where I went to school. He Ironically, he went to Morgan. Ironically, he grew up about 10 minutes from where I grew up in Virginia. Wow. And we just struck up a conversation. And before I left, I was hired. Wow. I love that. So you were walking in to pick up an application for a friend. I'm going to use air quotes for a friend. (laughs) And you walk out with, wait a minute. And that's great. I mean, it's all about connections, right? You made that connection of where you lived and the connection where you went to school. And and then you kind of feel like you know somebody, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So decided to also jumped into teaching and taught business. Right. Yeah. Started at Patterson High School in 1994 before... Most of your listeners were born, probably, <laughs> um, and taught business there for eight years, then went into administration. Yeah. And was in Baltimore for three more years. Yeah. And um, then went into Harford County and then Cecil County, then here. Making your way down the shore. So what's next? <clears throat> Are we going down to, like, um, Worcester County, Wicomico County? No. 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 no, no okay. Okay. No. <laughs> no, that's good. We're stopping at Kent. I love that. Um, what was that transition like going from being a teacher in the classroom to going into administration? A lot more responsibilities, uh, primarily because I had more people that I was dealing with on a daily basis. Um in the class, you know, you had the 30 or 25 every class that you dealt with on a regular basis. Now it's 100 to 500 that I'm dealing with on a regular basis. So Yeah. Plus the parents <laughs> in addition to the parents. And, you know, I had a small group of teachers that I worked with. Now I have entire school that I'm working with. Yeah. So it just sort of expanded your, your reach of, of who you were working with. Did you... Did you like that transition going from the the classroom to administration, or do you kind of like want to get back into teaching? I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, the, the transition was wasn't as difficult because I guess all along I was put into different positions to to do different things at the school level. Mm-hmm. So outside of my classroom, I was responsible for doing different things at different schools. Yeah. So you already kind of had that your hand in different like mm-hmm. committees or different organizations and right. it kind of made the transition a little bit easier. Right. And then working in retail and office management. Yeah. I was already used to doing that. That's interesting. I would I would love to see like a, a this is going to sound so nerdy, but like a white paper almost on what it, what it's like people who work in administration in um, school systems, like if they had particular background, you know, if they worked in retail before or, you know, if they were all education and, and kind of the length of their career, because I feel like retail probably like hardened your exterior like a little bit, you know, because people are mean. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. If you can deal with angry customers, you've got students, right? You know, right. and parents, you know, um, retail can be really unforgiving depending where you're working. Right. Especially when there's a policy and people come in and I think the the best example I can give as a uh, a retail manager was when the lady wanted to return some soap that she opened. Mm. And I'm telling her, we can't accept soap without a receipt. And 
I don't know what you did with this soap. Right. But she wants to return the soap because it was perfumed soap and she wanted regular soap. Yeah. So we went back and forth for a couple minutes and she said she was never coming back to the store again. I said, well, we're never going to sell this soap. Right. Brought, brought us back. So, I mean, we're kind of even. Right, right. I love, <laughs> I worked in retail for a hot second. I love when people were like, we're never coming back. We're like, okay, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be okay. Now, now, if that conversation happened in a high school, right, if a student or a family got so upset and they were like, we're never coming back, that's that's a different level of, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe you're like, okay, bye. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the, so we're having worked in, in, um, at Patterson, having worked in Hartford County, having worked in Cecil County, and here, what are some of the I don't know key differences, or is it kind of like students are the same wherever you go? The only difference is a couple decades mm-hmm. and the zip code. Kids are the same all over. Yeah, um, they had different circumstances at home, but kids are the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. Even so, I'm thinking like back in um, you know 1994. Even I love telling students um, when I was in high school, we didn't, I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have cell phones. There was no cell phone policy because mm-hmm. we didn't have them. We didn't have laptops in classes. Like you were writing notes with your right. hand. Um, so how did that? You know, all of the the things that students have at their fingertips. How did that change being in administration? You seem like you're playing catch up. Yeah. To technology all the time. Yeah. Um, because there's some new device, there's some new app, there's, I mean, AI. What, yes. what, what was AI in 2000? Something that was on Star Trek or Star Wars or <laughs> right, something. Right, right. Um, didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, now you got to figure out if a kid actually wrote a senior paper or not. Yeah, create a policy. I think that kind of shifted too, or maybe, maybe something similar to that happened when people were able to Google it, you know, when the rise, the rise of Google, like people were able to look at papers or, or, you know, find more information. And I think, you know, we found workarounds for, for those things, for plagiarism and, and all of the, those different elements. But yeah, AI is the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. To develop a policy on. So you're kind of, there's always something, right. <laughs> always something new coming down that you're like, what are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think are in your role? What are your, your biggest challenges day to day? trying to get kids to be consistent and mm. that's never going to happen because kids are kids so they're always experimenting trying new things and changing their minds about life and in, in general uh, just trying to get them to be consistent and and see the big picture yeah see down 10 15 20 years from now uh, a lot of kids want to instantly stop doing sports and stop doing things that make them happy because they want to go to work Right. And I try to tell them that 15, you're going to work for another 40, <laughs> sometimes 50 years. The rest of your life. <laughs> so what's the big hurry? Right. You know, if the rent's going to get paid without you going to work. You're not going to starve. The lights are going to be on. What's the big hurry? Right. You know, the rest of your life to work. It is that that's such an immediate and it's hard to remember, you know, being 15, 16 and just that's their whole world. They don't they don't have context mm-hmm. for anything else. So, you know, getting that paycheck is like so important to them. And they're like, oh, you know, the, the sports will be fine. The, the clubs will be fine. But I want I want that paycheck. All right. Yeah. That immediate um, it's always interesting to me, too, when students will kind of tell like a, a little fib or a white lie or they'll, they'll make up an excuse for something. And you're looking at them like, 
you want to try that again? Right. <laughs> like, you think I don't know you're lying? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's always funny to me. when And they're the most outrageous things. Like, you know, I couldn't come to school because um, I was talking with um, Mr. Singleton before because my garage door opener wouldn't work. And I'm like, use the door. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what? <laughs> Kids think that, I mean, sometimes you have to laugh, right? How often do you have to hold back laughter when a student is it's <laughs> describing something? On a daily basis. Yes. I, I, I get at least one really... Real, real good laugh by 10 o'clock every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids are entertaining, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. They're also, I mean, there are things that come out of their mouth that you're like, yeah, why? Why don't we do that? Why is this that way? You know, so they have, I mean, you know, great points and great ideas. And sometimes the delivery is the their learning process. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what do you think is, you know, what's your favorite part of, of being an assistant principal? That it's not the same every day. Yeah. Um, I would get bored doing the same thing routinely. Um, you don't see them that often now, but the people that work at the toll booths, mm-hmm. I would be bored silly oh, working I know. At, a, at a toll booth. Yeah. I mean, you know, every time somebody comes, they're going to give you money, you're going to give them change, and three seconds later, they're gone. Right. I, I never have to worry about being bored. Yes, at, I imagine. You know, in this work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Every no two days are the same. I bet you don't spend a ton of time, you know, like sitting behind a desk. I see you walking. You're always around, which is good. Mm-hmm. Always in the halls. So um, is that something like, well, I guess in retail was the same thing. Probably you were probably always around the store. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same. I mean, being a teacher is kind of. I don't want to say limiting, but you're you're in your room. Kids come to you, right? You don't do mm-hmm. a ton of movement. So um, there is a little bit more movement, I guess, involved with being an admin. Right. Um, you just have to be present. Yeah. So if I'm waiting on somebody to come to the office and I'm, I'm always there, I'm not going to get most of the work done. Yeah. Uh, because I can't, I can't see it. Yeah. So just being present, talking with the kids, getting to know the kids, the teachers, um, their habits, positive and negative. Yeah. And and just making sure everything is how it's supposed to be as much as possible. Um, never going to have a, a perfect day. I don't think I've ever had <laughs> anything close to that. But yeah, um, just trying to make them make each day as productive as possible. Yeah. How has your view of the Kent County community you know, changed with coming here. Had you had you ever been to Kent County prior to getting the role here? As a coach. I, okay, I mean, yeah. I, when I coached at Havre Grace and, and Bowman, I think I came here. Yeah. Uh, but I, probably two hours, three hours was the most that I spent in Kent County as a whole. Right. Um, actually, no. My son used to go to Easter Seals right there at Fairleigh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we used to go... I used to come here and drive right past the school. Right. Um, on the way there, um, he stayed for a week for about five summers in a row. Yeah. So other than that, I that was my entire exposure to Kent County. Yeah. What was the kind of what what brought you here? What what was the the conversation or you know seeing a, a job posting? What was that interaction like? Well, it was again the connections. Uh, Joe Graff and I coached together at Bow Manor, mm-hmm. and then he came, and I think he was assistant principal at the middle school, and then when he got the position here, he reached out to me and and asked if I was interested and said yes. So yeah, it was 
roller coaster from there. Yeah, that's why I tell students it's all about connections, you know, making sure it, it seems really easy to burn a bridge and say, forget it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. out, I'm out of here when you leave a, a place or, but those, I mean, it's all, it's all people, right? And, and people are what, what make movement in different roles and in organizations. So when you have that network, even, I mean, a couple of weeks ago from um, uh, Morgan State, our admissions counselor, um, you both had this familiarity because of Morgan State. And that was like the cool connection. And, um, you know, that's the stuff that, that matters and, and makes your, makes or breaks your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, Several students ask, uh, can I use you as a reference? And I'd have to ask them, are you sure you want to use me as a reference? Because I will be honest. <laughs> it, it's gonna, my reputation is on the line. If I mm. give you a, a glowing recommendation and you turn out to be a dud, yeah. they're never going to ask me to recommend anybody else. So, right. you know, this is a partnership. You have to do well so that somebody can come back to me and say, well, the next person he recommends, if they're anything like the last person, we're okay. If they're... On the other hand, if they're like the last person, we don't want them. Yeah. So I, I try to make sure they understand it's it's going to be the truth. It's not going to just just to get you a job. Right. Yeah. You're going to talk about the whole thing, the whole picture. And, right. and that should be the way it is. And I honestly, like I get to see a lot of letters of recommendation because of the college process come through. And I, I love it when teachers are honest, like, hey, you know, this student wasn't the best in class, did not have the best grade, but here are the things that kind of stood out to me. And I think that authenticity is is the best thing for a student. You know, you mm-hmm. don't, anybody can write a, a fluffy letter of, you know, oh, so-and-so is great and the best student I've ever met or whatever, but it's those real things that will help, will right. help the student ultimately, which is good. So, yeah. Um, where do you, I, I mean, where do you, where do you see yourself? Do you, do you anticipate being here long? I know, I know in, in positions of leadership, it's easy, not easy, but more likely to, um, you know, move on to different places and, and, uh, you know, go to a different school or, um, do you, would you like to become a a principal, um, you know, or what do you see as a, a, a a next movement for you if you do see one? I'm not sure. Yeah. Really not sure. At one point, you know, being in your thirties, obviously you want to see how far you can go and, I do not want Dr. Couch's job. <laughs> that is a all. hot seat. That I, that's too tough. Hot. Yes. It's too hot. So that's yeah. definitely not in my future. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no idea right now. Yeah. And that is something I think, I mean, I'm, I'm in my late 30s, but in my early 20s, late 20s, it was like, you know, you wanted to be on top. And then when you get close to there, you're like, I'm good here, actually. Mm-hmm. Like this is, and and I think that's something with coaching students too. It's like they see, you know, I want to be, you know, just thinking about like the medical profession. I want to be a doctor. I'm like, why do you want to be a doctor? You know, I want to work with people. Well, you know, doctors don't get a ton of time with people. It's more like the nurses and physician assistants. So kind of opening up their eyes to what is it you really like about that position. So you know there's this idea of like upward movement, upward mobility, you want to be on top, but it depends on what your interests are. Because sometimes being in that top position, you don't get to do the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced that when I worked at Washington College, the higher I moved up, the less I worked with students. And that was just, I was sitting behind a desk. I don't, I don't, that's not good for me. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to be out there talking. I would, I would um, hover around our visitor center and like the, 
um, first interview of the day was 845 and I would offer to the counselors like I'll take your 845 interview and they're like really I'm like yes I will meet with that student go go do some work whatever you need to do um, so you kind of have to weigh the you know do you want to have this um, leadership position or do you want to do the things that you you love to do and kind of weigh it um, and I see that happening with teachers too like you know teachers want to be in an admin role they want to move up they want to be in a coach role they want to you know um, work for the board office but then they're not doing the things that they love and you kind of see this passion fade a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I don't know. How do you, and you know, be, with your role as assistant principal, like how do you m- mentor teachers or encourage them to keep doing what they're doing or, you know, maybe thinking about their next step? Is that something that you deal with a lot? Not a lot. Yeah. Um, but you have to make sure that somebody is, doing what they want to do yeah. instead of doing what they have to do. Sometimes circumstances keep you in a, a certain position because you have to have a particular income so that you can do something else on the outside Yeah. or you can't move up because of your, your home situation. Right. So it's a balance um, and making sure people understand that you have to have a balance and you can't just work yourself to death and expect to be happy once you go home because when you get home then you you only have enough time to eat dinner and go to sleep <laughs> yeah. and start all over. Yeah. Um that's one of the main reasons I left that retail position. Yeah. I mean, 50 hours when you split it up over 6 days, it's okay, but when you have that one day that you're required to be there 13 hours because you have to do the inventory mm. in the morning and then by, you know, you're in at 6 and then the store opens up at nine, and then you leave in there, and it's eleven o'clock at night. Where did your day go? Right, yeah. and then you have to turn right around and come in the next day. Yeah. So those those things, just to finding that balance of what brings you joy, what income level you can you can reasonably accept. Yeah. And then see if you're actually happy and, and competent at what you're doing. Yeah. If it's a struggle every day, and you're really not happy at it, I think at that point you need to go do something else. Right. Um, With teachers, I've seen a lot of burnout in teachers, administrators as well. Um, And if you're burned out, you need to leave. Yeah. I don't don't see, I mean, whether it's the retail position or education, but particularly in education because what you're doing is important. Yeah. And it impacts too many people's lives from generations going on to come in and just halfway do something. Right. Either you're all in or you need to be all out. Yeah. How do you, what do you think about the the teacher shortage? Like how do we, how do we address that? I mean, I'm, I am hopeful because each year I've seen more seniors say that they want to become a teacher and I'm like, yes, okay, here mm-hmm. we go. Future workforce. And they're great students. So um, what do you, I mean, what do you think about that? Or you probably see it. I know um, our, our um, uh, Angeline Ravello, the other assistant principal, does she, she her part is more of the substitute management. But I know you see it. Mm-hmm. So you see, you know, teachers in and out, and the need for subs, and you know, the need for teachers to cover other classes, and um, just a general shortage. So you know, what do we what do we do about that? I, I think on the the college level, they need to do a better job of putting that out there as far as people going in again I was business management yeah they they didn't push being a business educator you can you can still get this degree 
but what about have you ever considered teaching? Yeah. Um, a lot of the engineers, uh, what was it? I would say in 2000, a lot of engineers weren't able to find jobs, and that's how we ended up getting some of the science teachers and the math teachers. Yeah. Uh, just because everybody was trying to vie for the same types of positions, and they just weren't available. Yeah. So giving people options while they're still in college and still exploring is something that I don't think is pushed enough. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, a lot of times, like secondary education, you're getting a degree in the area you're going to teach. You're going to have that degree no matter what that, mm-hmm. you know, you, nobody can take away from you. But what about adding that extra certification of becoming a, you know, seven, what is it, six through 12, seven, K through five, six through 12? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some of them are, are sectioned off differently. But yeah, I yeah, a little more push from All from right. the college, the higher education side. Yeah, they, they always talk about what do you want to major in? But nobody says, did you consider this as a minor? Right. Rarely do they say, OK, this and I think my minor was marketing. Mm. So I had enough marketing classes to say, OK, well, yeah, this qualifies as my minor. Yeah. But I didn't use that a whole lot, but it helped when I went into retail, okay, setting up displays and getting everything set up for seasonal events and and seasonal sales. So it helped, but nobody ever said, hey, what about going into education? Yeah. I guess at the time, I mean, I feel like there's always been a teacher shortage or always a need for good educators. But mm-hmm. I guess at the time it wasn't as 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 dire. Like, oh, now we really need. Oh yeah. Now we really need teachers. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing some initiatives, especially from some schools. Like, um, I know just thinking off the top of my head, Bowie State is really pushing education, and they're offering um, academic scholarships for students that are pursuing that path. There's a teaching fellowship in Maryland that is offering. You know, if a student wants to become a teacher and pledges to teach for I think four years in the mm-hmm. state of Maryland, then, you know, they'll help cover whatever costs that you you might need for tuition. So um, there are some things I don't know that they're, they're well promoted yet. I know we have Miss um, Saunders with the, the, the teaching um, Academy of Maryland program that's really promoting that, which is great here, but on like the state level, I don't know how well it's promoted elsewhere too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what keeps you up at night? Not much anymore. <laughs> Good night's sleep. I love that. Yeah, not much anymore. <laughs> I, I, I've learned to find that balance of what I need to really, really focus on and worry about opposed to, you know what, it's 6 o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting this off. And yeah. Let me think about something. Let me look at this football game for a little while. Yeah. Let me just take my mind off of something and focus on something totally different. Yeah. Um, I used to stay up late a, a lot um, but you can't it's, it's real hard to shut off if you know some student is struggling in a certain area or they're having issues at home or mm-hmm. coming is coming up to um, graduation and their grades aren't quite where they need to be yeah um, it's hard to shut it off but um, I can't let it pull me into the rabbit hole yeah uh, my daughter just graduated uh, with a psychology degree. When she was doing an internship at a hospital, that was my advice to her. Don't don't internalize everybody else's problems. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, she was in the intake area at the in the psych ward. Yeah. So I said, if you take all of their problems. You'll never sleep. Then, yeah, you're <laughs> going to go home and then you're going to be sad and you're going to feel all their pain that you've 
watched all day. Yeah. You can't do it. You have to keep it at a, a certain distance where you can touch it and see how you can manage it. And then at that point, you have to let it go. Yeah, that is a big, I think that's part of the the teacher shortage, like you were saying, the burnout of not being able to really um, separate the two and, and have your your own, your boundaries and protect your own mm-hmm. social emotional wellness. Right. Because yeah. I, I seem like I've been a, that fixer type person in my family and jobs and things like that. But uh, just being able to push back and say, you know what, this is about as much as I can handle. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. And especially I think people that become teachers or educators, they're, they want to give, mm-hmm. right? They want to give all of their energy and time and they want to help. They want to help students. They want to help the next generation of kids. So it's really hard to turn that off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say, I love seeing the uh, participation from um, both of our assistant principals and principal at um, different uh, sporting events and in clubs and activities. I think that's awesome that you all are out and present at all of those different different things. So, right. yeah. Yeah, as a, as a student, I can still remember my high school graduation when we had to walk. It was outside on the football field. And I can still remember when we walked into the stadium, every teacher that I had for the four years they were all sitting in that one section yeah. in the stands. So, yeah. I mean, just seeing them outside of the school environment. I don't live in Kent County, but so I rarely see the kids outside of school. Yeah. But I used to run into my teachers in, in high school all the time. Yeah. Um, when I was in in uh, Havity Grace and uh, at Bowman, I used to run into the kids all the time and their parents. So, yeah. you know, I, I do appreciate the the staff members that live here because they do have the relationships with a lot of the students and their families from way back. And sometimes they even went to school with the parents. So yes, yes. it makes it, makes it a good thing most of the time. Um, but <laughs> some people just can't let go of mm. the person that they went to high school with, for instance, and all of a sudden now they're teaching their kid and yeah, they, they, different they, dynamic. Yeah, they carry the extra baggage that's, really not necessary but that's a whole different story yes um, <laughs> that's part two of our <laughs> <laughs> um, we could write a book <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but I, I think being involved and in letting the kids see that you actually are interested in what they do outside of your classroom is important yeah. yes 100 percent. they they can tell they'll notice mm-hmm. that authenticity and they'll notice you know who's really who's here just like you know punching a time clock and who's here that 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 cares for their well-being mm-hmm. so um Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the College and Career Corner show. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better and uh, look forward to the rest of a really great year, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you. That is our show for this week. Tune in next week for the next installment of College and Career Corner. Bye.